What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every single day, free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So make it your part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every single day. Why not make your second listen every single day? Locked on NBA Big Board because it is draft season, y'all. And that is what today's show is all about. We're talking all things NBA draft lottery. Uh, This is Monday, May 16th show. And on Monday, May 17th, the NBA will finalize the first 14 picks in the NBA draft through their televised NBA draft lottery. As we stand here today, We don't know where the Blazers will pick, but we do know two things. One, they have the sixth best odds of getting uh, getting the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. It's about a little over 9% chance of getting the number one overall pick. They have a 37% chance of getting a top four pick. Their most likely draft spot is seven. That's what we know. We also know one other thing. Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr. is headed to the draft lottery to be the Blazers' Uh, representative at the lectern as they pick, as they, uh, each team in the lottery sends, sends a representative. Damian Lillard is the Blazers representative. I did a, like a, a joke show about who the Blazers should send. And I came up with bad ideas like free throw guy and blaze. Uh, but really, and I said this in the show, I was like the best choice is Dame because one, he's the best player. He's like at worst, the second best player in franchise history. Uh, he's you know, he's his him showing up to the lottery where they're going to pick for their future is a, is like sort of a nice nod to like, I'm here for building what's next. It's it's all of those things. Also, just like good vibes, sending dames, sending good players is 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 generally good vibes. When the Blazers last sent uh, like one of their stars to the lottery, a uh, recent rookie of the year, a uh, reigning rookie of the year, Brandon Roy in 2006, they, they moved up from the seventh best odds to win the damn thing, uh, to win the lottery and get the number one overall pick. How did that work out? Well, that's what we're going to talk about at the beginning of the show today. I want to do a look back at the history of the Blazers in the draft lottery. And then uh, myself and my fellow co-host here at Locked On, at the Locked On Network, Locked On NBA, uh, we simulated the the lottery and then did a, a mock draft of those first 14 picks. And so that's what I want to talk about to close the show as well. But that's what we know right now. Who who Who's going to go? That's Mr. Lillard, Dame Dalla. Um sometimes referred to on basketball reference as sub-zero despite never being called that uh but Dame's going to be there, and the Blazers will have the six best odds heading into it on Tuesday night uh, I've said this a bunch and I'll say it again here this show is going to be heavy 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 draft stuff from the moment we find out where the Blazers pick uh we will we will kick off ramp up and and dive into draft preview stuff once we know where the Blazers are going to pick we'll have a month leading up to the draft to get you everything you possibly need to know I'll get some draft expert types on here people who do this professionally for a living uh, and get them to share their insight on who the Blazers might take what they're hearing and all of those things so um, if you're just sort of getting into the show and you're excited about draft stuff it's coming and this is the week where it's going to come so let's kick it off with some draft history stuff before we get into the mini mock uh the blazers have been in the lottery seven times the draft lottery started in 1985 with your boy patrick ewing um uh and and the teams that don't make the the uh playoffs are put you know ping pong balls their combinations are put into the secret ballot and whoever, you know, whoever's numbers pop up, they pick there. Uh, obviously the, they've changed a little bit how it's weighted over the years, a little bit how the odds work over the years. But in general, over the last 37 years, it has been similar. If you do not make the playoffs, you get a, there is, there is a chance to get the number one overall pick. 
the Blazers just have been relatively successful and haven't had um, they haven't had a lot of time missing the playoffs and hoping for luck. This year will just be the eighth time out of in the 38 years of the NBA draft lottery. So seven and 37 times they made the playoffs those other 30 years. They've been really good when they weren't was a stretch in those early, the first decade of the 2000s that you, um, well, depending on how old you are, you were either born right then because you're like 15 or you remember it well. And it starts with, with uh, in 2004. Uh, that was the first year the Blazers were ever in the draft lottery, some 19 years after it started. Again, the Blazers have been kind of the poison of being pretty successful. And in 2004, they barely missed the playoffs. They finished the 13th best odds and they, they their pick neither moved up nor down. Stayed, started at 13, ended up at 13, and they selected Sebastian Telfair out of Lincoln High School in New York. City. Uh, um, Bassey, you might know, <laughs> didn't end up being a particularly good NBA player. And the Blazers were right back in the lottery in 2005. Uh, they were they had the fourth best overall odds, the fourth best lottery odds heading into the draft lottery, and they moved up to third. But then they traded back to six prior to the draft. They made a deal with the Utah Jazz. The Utah Utah was six. The Blazers were third. They swapped out a third. They didn't take Darren Williams. They didn't take Chris Paul. They took Martel Webster. They already had Bassey. They didn't need a point guard. So the two high, you know, high-end point guard talents at, at, that were going to go in the top five, the Blazers didn't need them. So they traded back to six and took Martel Webster out of Seattle Prep. Back-to-back high schoolers in 04-05. Wah, wah. 06. You can imagine what taking back-to-back high schoolers at the end of you know, a really successful era leads you. You know what it leads you to? It leads you to being really bad. Like the worst record in the NBA, which is what the Blazers had at the end of the 05-06 season. And they fell back. The only time in their lottery history that they have fallen back. They moved from first to fourth. And they ended up uh, trading... Uh, yeah, excuse me. Fourth to fourth. And then they ended up trading that pick, their fourth overall pick, to trade up, swapping with Chicago, who had the second overall pick, the Blazers, took Tyrus Thomas at four, swapped with Chicago, who took LaMarcus Aldridge out of the University of Texas, and guess what? Turned out pretty good. The Blazers turned out pretty good. Also in that draft, but post-lottery, like it's happened on draft night post-lottery, the Blazers traded uh, Sebastian Telfair, who you may recall from the 2004 draft just two years later, Theo Ratliff to the uh, Boston Celtics in exchange for the rights to the number seven overall pick. And then they flipped the number seven overall pick for the number six overall pick, who was Brandon Roy. That was post-lottery. Like it's important because it's top 10 selections and it's moving around in the top 10. And it's kind of um, maybe not what you hope you do this year, but an evidence that like, you know, they've in the past when they've had, even when they've had lottery picks, they've been aggressive to kind of go get the guys they want. It is, we are several regimes removed from Kevin Pritchard in 2006, but, uh, this was, you know, that was, uh, arguably the most productive draft in the history of the franchise. Um, you could make a case for a couple others, but certainly a very good one when you get LaMarcus and B-Roy in the same draft. Uh, but they weren't great again. Uh, they were a mediocre team because young players, even with the rookie of the year and, and, uh, and Brandon Roy and LaMarcus, who really didn't get going until a couple years later when he was like actually very good and then a perennial all-star, the Blazers had the seventh best odds in 2007, as I alluded to before. Sent, Lamar, sent Brandon Roy to the lottery and they hopped up to number one overall. And who did they get for their troubles? Greg Oden. 
could have had this other guy, a uh, skinny kid from Texas who ended up going to the Seattle Supersonics. Forget his name. Um, I think he ended up being pretty good. I'll have to look it up. But I think the other guy they didn't pick other than Greg Oden ended up being pretty good. Bummer. In 2008, they were back, barely missed the playoffs, but they were back in 2008. They finished 13th and did not move, and they drafted Brandon Rush, but swapped him for the 11th overall pick in Jared Bayless. So then the Blazers had this core of LaMarcus, Brandon Roy, JB, Jared Bayless, uh, eventually known as Jayless in these parts, and Greg Oden. They made the playoffs a handful of years in a row, and they didn't get back into the lottery until uh, Brandon Roy's knees broke down. The team mutinied and quit on Nate McMillan. They fired Nate McMillan. They tore this thing down and, and truly tanked in 2012. 2012 set them on this era of basketball, the next decade of basketball. Let's talk about what that next decade of basketball looks like. But first, I want to tell you about Sakara. A new sponsor to this podcast and a a company that is dedicated to anchoring food as medicine and on a mission to nourish your nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed chef crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, get your skin glowing, and plus it's all delivered right to your door and ready to eat. Sakara's functional, plant-rich wellness essentials help you create a body you love living in. From their best-selling metabolism super powder to the foundation, their daily supplement packs, Sakara's products are designed to support your wellness goals anytime anywhere and right now Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter the code locked on 20 at checked out that's Sakara s-a-k-a-r-a dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order sakara.com slash locked on 20 All right, let's keep it rolling through Blazers history. They get the core going, the core mutinies, they fire the coach that doesn't, they tear it down, they trade Marcus Camby, they trade Gerald Wallace to the Nets. What do they get for trading Gerald Wallace to the Nets? They get the number six pick in the NBA draft. They miss the playoffs as well, and they get their own number 11 pick in the NBA draft. This is the 2012 draft lottery. The uh, envelopes come out. The Blazers don't move. Number six doesn't move. The pick they acquired from the Nets at the trade deadline, number 11 doesn't move. Uh, the Nets pick, importantly, was top three protected. So the Blazers didn't want it to move, right? They wanted it to kind of stay where it was. It doesn't move. The 11th pick doesn't move. With number six overall pick, they take a point guard out of Weber State. Uh, this was the perfect selection for the Blazers because they had a ma they were pretty good, but they just did not like, they were like a decent, pretty good. It's kind of a stretch. Um, they had a core of players that they could build with and forward, but they did not have, they were been searching for a point guard of the future for closing in on a decade. Um, since they drafted Sebastian Telfair, who was supposed to be the point guard of the future, post Damon Stoudemire, he didn't work out. He got traded a little bit after that. Jared Bayless, he wasn't the guy. They've been still searching for the point guard of the future. They get it with the sixth pick. A point guard out of Weber State, one of the best players in the history of the big sky, but someone who hadn't played in the NCAA tournament and maybe didn't have as big of a profile, but had 
shot up the draft boards during uh, during the workout season, during the lead up to the draft, because the dude was a baller. And the Kings at five took Thomas Robinson, so the Blazers at six could take Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard. Pretty good pick at 12. At 11, they took Myers Leonard. He turned out fine. He played a bunch of years here. I don't know if fine is even the word. He wasn't very good. He did play a bunch of years here. Uh, in 2013, the Blazers missed the playoffs. In fact, they were pretty competitive that year, but they lost the final 13 games of the regular season. They it, it just The wheels fell off at the end. They were competitive until they weren't, and then they were bad again uh, under new coach Terry Sotts. In 2013, they get back in the draft lottery. They don't go anywhere. They have the 10th pick, and it didn't move, and they select a guard out of Lehigh who had just, uh, you know, gone back to school and hurt his foot after this breakout uh, NCAA tournament appearance the prior the prior spring, but he, he got hurt even though he was leading the NCAA in scoring at the time, but was still like a pretty clear lottery pick. He was pegged to go right where he went, and the Blazers draft, drafted a, a 6'2 guard out of Lehigh named Christian James McCollum. Again, go look at the 2013 draft. Pretty darn good pick. Yes, it wasn't Giannis Antetokounmpo in 2013. But Giannis, 14 other teams passed on Giannis Antetokounmpo. And listen, Cody Zeller and Ben McLemore and a whole bunch of dudes who went ahead of, of CJ in that in that 2013 top 10 did not have the career or have not had the career that CJ has had. Uh, Anthony Bennett, shout out to your boy. Um, not exactly, didn't exactly put together the same career that uh, CJ McCollum had. A really good pick at 10. And, and if you, you know, you pick Dame at 12, you pick CJ at 10, even when the wheels fall off in 2015, LaMarcus Aldridge leaves after a decade or nine years with the Blazers, you're still a team that makes the playoffs every year until now. And that's kind of, that is your history of the Blazers draft lottery is that uh, like, I'll just read them back to you. Sebastian Telfair, Martel Webster, LaMarcus Aldridge, Greg Oden, Jared Bayless, Myers Leonard, Damian Lord, CJ McCollum. Those are the guys that the Blazers have, have, you know, made other, made other trades, but those are like lottery picks that they owned heading into the lottery that they ended up with. Brandon Roy is not included because he's a draft day trade and a trade they acquired after the lottery. Again, you can move up and make moves. Um, but this, the Blazers, I would say for the most part, their draft history in the lottery has been good. Unless it's been really bad, like Sebastian Delphore, Martel Webster, and and Greg Oden. Um, it's you know this is you want to you want to put your, if you're in these positions if you you know the Blazers don't get here much. This will be the eighth time that they're here since 1985. They don't get here much. You gotta make the most of it. Uh, you really do. You have to hit these picks to have a chance, right? Like if you if you draft Bassey and Martell in back to back seasons in 2006, the following year you're gonna have the worst record in the league. Like if you obviously taking high schoolers is different. Like like it's different, but you gotta hit these picks. And so that's why when the good old folks at the Locked On Network said, hey, we're going to do a mock lottery, I wanted to make sure I hit this pick. And here's how it worked. Uh, the... Um, the good folks who run the who 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 run the network they simulated the the order for us and then they sent it out and the Blazers after that simulated order drum roll please bang didn't move anywhere they had the six best odds going in they finished with the six best odds the Orlando Magic jumped up to one so what did I do when I was given the sixth pick with five teams ahead of me. Well, you're going to have to come back in the third segment to find out. Let's talk about it to close the show. What I did, why I did it. And kind of a look ahead of the sort of logic that the draft lottery, when it comes up in a month, or where the Blazers end up in the draft lottery on Tuesday night, kind of will, in some ways, determine what their future will be. But before we get there, and I tell you what I did in that mock draft lottery, let me tell you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. 
period, bar none, or bar 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 number one. Maybe that's a better pun for you. Uh, my personal favorite is peanut butter brownie. Uh, shout out to the man, Cody Workla, who I know is out there crushing a peanut butter brownie bar as he listens or right before he listens to Fuel Up. And you can really fuel up because you're rocking with, on average, every built Bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar and four net carbs. All tasty, all healthy. There's a million other flavors. So go to built.com right now and see what they're working with. Find what you like and then order it. Test them out. And to test them out, use the promo code LOCK15. Save yourself 15% when you go to built.com. And then once you find what you like, use the promo code again because you'll get it off your next order as well. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk mock draft stuff. I was given the sixth pick in the in the, uh, the Locked on NBA mock draft. And what did I do with it? Well, what did I do with it Determined was determined in, in large part by what my colleagues did with their picks before me. The Orlando Magic had the top pick, then OKC, then Houston, then Detroit, then Indiana, then Portland right there at sixth. With the first pick... The Orlando Magic made kind of a surprising choice. Locked on, representing Locked on Magic, they went with Paolo Bancaro out of Duke and went number one overall. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder were next. They took Jabari Smith Jr. That's a nice little pick for them and someone that could be a big part of their future. Just kind of by default, if you're in the third spot and Bancaro and, and Jabari Smith go one, two, almost certainly the top three picks will go in some order. Bancaro, Jabari Smith Jr. and Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga. And that's what Houston did. They took Chad Holmgren with a third overall pick. And then we got to our first surprise of the draft. The Detroit Pistons are in fourth. Um, the Pistons have, you know, uh, some good young parts. Sadiq Bay looks like a good a good young player. Kate Cunningham looks like he might be a future star. Isaiah Stewart is like an NBA player at his position, right? Like, I don't know if he's like a high-level starter in the future, but I think Isaiah Stewart's going to play a long time as an NBA player, as a, at big man, at, at center, Right. They need some other parts, but they've got a long tail rebuild coming. And because of that, my man, Kukahil, what's the deal with uh, picking on behalf of the Pistons? Went with Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky, the five-star recruit who did not play college basketball, to preserve exactly this, his opportunity to go with the number four overall pick. And that's what he did. When he went fourth, I knew the Blazers were going to be in a good spot. I said, oh, okay, that kind of rules out for me, picking in, in the sixth position, I don't have to worry about Sharp. Like, I, Sharp for me is this guy who's got crazy upside, right? But the Blazers don't really need a guard. Like, he's 6'6 and big, and maybe he can play some wing in the NBA. For, and, like, with the athleticism, maybe that maybe that does check a box where he can play a lot of minutes at the three, and he'll get there. And and uh, the Pistons will be really happy if that's how it shakes out because they'll get, you know, this this dynamic super athlete at 6'6". It's like kind of what every team wants, like a guy who can shoot pull-up threes and is like a really good athlete with length. Um, there's some real appeal with Sharp. But when I knew when he was off the board at four, it gave me a chance to kind of, um, I was going to be picking between two very good players at five. Or two players that are certainly on my, piqued my interest. Uh, I still haven't finalized who my like number one choice would be for the Blazers. And I won't finalize that until I see where they pick on Tuesday night. But as we head into that, as we're sort of still in simulation mode, or speculation mode rather, I knew that was going to have some really nice choices. And when the Indiana Pacers expectedly took Jaden Ivey at five, they went with uh they went with the Purdue guard who's who's projected almost everywhere to go four like the surprise was Shaden Sharp at five and not Ivy and the the Pacers went with Ivy at 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 five 
that left an easy choice for me. I had the six pick. I was on the clock. I sent my email in real fast. And I said, with the six pick in the draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Keegan Murray from Iowa. A name that a lot of Blazers fans have sent to me, a name that I've seen a bunch on on Reddit, a name that I've seen a bunch when I've ever done these in the YouTube comments. Uh, The name that a lot of people want to finish out the lottery, A.J. Griffin of Duke went 7th to the Kings. Ben Matherin of uh, Arizona went 8th to the Pelicans. Jalen Duran went 9th to the Spurs. Malachi Branham went 10th to the Wizards. Dyson Daniels went 11th to the Knicks. Jeremy Sohan of Baylor went to the OKC Thunder at 12. At 13, the Charlotte Hornets took Johnny Davis of Wisconsin. And at 14, the Cleveland Cavaliers closed out the lottery with Oshai Agbaji out of Kansas. So, why did I go Keegan Murray? Well, I went Keegan Murray for a variety of reasons. One, according to sort of my amateur way of doing this, he's the best he was the best player available. I think he's going to the best player available. He was he is fits the description of the way I described Damian Lillard. Not that I think he is going to be Damian Lillard, let me be clear. But in terms of he hits the the sort of dual towers of a position of need and a good player. You want a good, you want the player that you think this might be the best player available. I believe he was at the time is why I took him, but he also fills a position of need. Uh, if Shaden Sharp had been there, I would have had a, had maybe more to debate. I probably still personally would have gone with Murray because uh, I think he's a earlier contributor than Sharp. Although um, I think, I, I think I'm saying that because I haven't seen Shaden Sharp play except for some videos that are available on YouTube. Like, you know, I saw him wear the Kentucky warmups. That's about as much basketball as I've like truly seen him play live a couple couple games against LSU when he had warmups on. And I was like, oh, let me familiarize myself with this gentleman because the Blazers season is heading south. Uh, So Murray is like, I think the case for Murray is pretty simple. He's one of the most productive players, if not the most productive player in college basketball last season. He's, you know, 6'8", 220, 6'11", wingspan. I think he has like, maybe not no problem, but I think he grades out as like a pretty normal size for a power forward in the NBA a position of desperate need for the Blazers. Last season, like I said, one of the most productive players in college basketball, 23 and a half points per game, 8.7 rebounds, one and a half assists, 1.3 steals, 1.9 blocks. Dude shot 39% from three on 4.7 attempts per game and 62% from two. He was just super duper efficient, a career 60% effective field goal percentage in two seasons at Iowa. And and a consensus All-American. Like, um, you can make an argument that that Keegan Murray has a little bit less upside than other guys in the draft. Like, Dyson Daniels might have more upside. Jalen Duran, because of his relatively raw, might have more upside. Certainly, certainly Shaden Sharp might have might have more of that. You're like you're reaching for for something that could be more of that. I think you could even make a case that some guys deeper down in the in the top ten picks have more upside. But in terms of just overall production. And the shooting ability and the size, like the types of things that the Blazers need. Uh, Keegan Murray is basically a no-brainer for me. Uh, I don't, I watched him play two games, like to be clear. Um, I, I've said this a bunch and I'll, I'll continue to say it throughout draft season. I rely on experts during draft season. I don't, um, I don't want to fake the funk. Like I'm not a big college basketball guy. I watch more college basketball or more sort of random college basketball than I ever have or that I have in a long, long time this year trying to get prepared for the podcast. But I haven't poured over Keegan Murray tape. I watched him play in the Big Ten tournament again. Against, uh, against Northwestern, and he was outrageous, like outrageous. They had no answer for him. And then I watched him play in the NCAA tournament. And against a little bit better competition in the NCAA tournament, he wasn't as good. Uh, against lesser competition in the Big Ten tournament, he was ridiculous, like 
just scoring from every level, pick and pop, post up moves, pull up jumpers, uh, in transition, insane in the half court off handoffs, um, just everything you want. Like he was just amazing at that level. Uh, I think in general, one thing I've learned from just like reading a bunch about the draft is high usage guys in college are maybe a little harder to scout because there's just going to be lower usage in the NBA. Keegan Murray had the ball a ton and got a run, a ton of offense run through him at Iowa. He is going to be in a, in a, uh, complementary role at best in the NBA, right? If not like an ancillary role. So he's going to be his, even if his skill set eventually develops to something similar to was it was his sophomore year at Iowa early on, he's going to be a spacer and a shooter. And then you hope the other stuff you hope, you know, his rebounding, you hope uh, his sort of variety of offense can kind of come into play. But early on, he is going to be, you know, if, if say he were to start day one for the Blazers, which I don't think is great. I don't think they want to, if they're going to be like a really good team, I don't think starting a rookie on day one is great. But say he does, like, you know, he's the he's going to be the the fifth option on offense uh, as, as a rookie. So it's like he's not going to be in the same role that he was. So t- kind of scouting for what uh, role player, role player Keegan Murray looks like, I think is... Um, I, I think is a little more challenging than other guys who who didn't have such a massive usage rate in college. Uh, but you know the shooting, the, the the he's been an efficient scorer both years in college, even in minor role as a freshman year. Stepped into a massive you know thirty five a minute a night role as a as a sophomore, and his efficiency barely dropped off if didn't if didn't get a little bit better. Like he's just a dude who can really score and has the size to maybe turn into uh, you know an effective player on both ends of the floor if you believe it. Uh, he's Keegan Murray was an easy one for me. If you are watching the show, if you're this deep in the show and you're watching on YouTube and you are have a, if you were the sixth pick in the draft when it was Ben Caro, Smith Jr., Holmgren, Sharp, and Ivy off the board at sixth, if you have someone else you take at six, comment in the YouTube channel below and let me know. In general, the best way to support the show if you're watching on YouTube is to leave a comment. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know your, your thoughts on Keegan Murray. If you're excited about Keegan Murray, leave a comment in the YouTube channel and let me know. The other way to support the show is just to tell your friends. Available. Like I said, five days a week. You can make your first listen every day. Start every single day listening to Lockdown Blazers because it's available and free. Always, always free on all the platforms. Wherever you're looking for us, just search Lockdown Blazers and you'll find us. More draft stuff this week is coming at you. We'll have an interview with uh, with a draft expert that's going to be on the show later this week. So make sure you come back for that one. We'll know where the Blazers pick. Wednesday show, we'll be celebrating where the Blazers pick when they get that number one overall pick. We can all dream. We can all dream of debating. Chet versus Jabari versus Paolo Bancaro. I think it's really Chet versus Jabari. But we can all dream of the big debates leading up to it. Uh, honk twice for Durant, if you will. Uh, It's draft season. We're here. I appreciate you listening, and I'll talk to you soon.